The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Hey, good morning. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our... uh, Roundtable regulars, our panel of political pundits includes on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Hi, Paul. Good morning. Good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican, Henry Hatter. Henry, good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you. And always fun, and uh, last but not least, joining the roundtable this week, as he does from time to time, Politico Emeritus Woodrow Stanley. Hi, Wood. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you all? Good morning, Wood. Well, I, I was talking with somebody yesterday uh, because of the um, uh, cancellation of uh, the parade in uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And I was talking uh, with a, a writer friend of mine from New Orleans. And I asked him how he was doing, and he said, Well, I'm warm and I have power. these days those are both two pretty big things (laughs) i feel so sorry for the folks in texas oh i know it i I know what three million people without power and and basically a a, a hundred year weather event for them Yeah. yeah yeah that's tough 
Well, we're going to uh, talk about uh, some of the other... Uh, we're going to talk about things other than the weather. Let's put it that way. Uh, fashioned uh, after Flint-based comedian Mark Bono's Facebook feature, Finish the Joke, we always open armchair politics with Finish the Quote, where I ask you, how would you finish this quote? And it goes like this. I weep for the liberty of my country when I see at this early day of its successful experiment that corruption has been imputed to... Uh, many members of the House of Representatives and the rights of the people have been what? Uh, ignored. I'm going to say ignored. Yeah, violated or ignored. Well, the, origi the original quote goes like this. I weep for the liberty of my country when I see at this early day of its successful experiment that corruption has been imputed to many members of the House of Representatives and the rights of the people have been bartered for promises of office. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I, I, I saw a few of those phrases sound familiar. It's not an Abraham Lincoln quote, is it? No, but 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 you're close uh, time wise. It was Andrew Jackson. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Andrew Jackson was one of my men. <laughs> I, that that just that left me speechless while uh, while <laughs> that's true. While, yeah. it, while ran, it brought a he chuckle. Ran the British down the Mississippi and out of Mexico, <laughs> so that we could not have to lose men fighting Great Britain. So it you're, was all over at that you're point. thinking the general Andrew Jackson, not so much the president Andrew Jackson. Uh, there are probably some people who would say that about uh, Eisenhower. <laughs> yeah. um, well, former president, uh, this is uh, one of the quotes of the week, and there have been quite a few. Uh, for, but this is the quote. Former President Trump's actions that preceded the riot were a disgraceful, disgraceful dereliction of duty. Rioters had been uh, fed oh, wild... Oh, that was Mitch Yeah. Um, rioters had been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth. Because he was angry, he lost an election. Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. Mitch McConnell? That was yeah, indeed. Senate Minority yeah. Leader Mitch McConnell directly blamed former President Donald Trump for fomenting last month's riot, but voted Saturday to acquit him anyway of inciting an insurrection. McConnell, who as Senate Majority Leader last month, rejected calls by Senate Democrats for a speedy trial during Trump's final days in office, said Trump was constitutionally ineligible for conviction since the punishment is removal and Trump was already out of office. McConnell claimed that a verdict before Joe Biden's inauguration had been impossible. Can Senator McConnell have it both ways? Uh, no, he has to take a position. It seemed like a stretch to me when I heard that comment when he, when he, after, after he voted and then he made the comment. It, it, it did but, seem like he wanted it both ways. But then he has the right to change his mind. <clears throat> the, uh, given new evidence or new procedures, you know, he doesn't have to go with a position that he thought initially was right and then suddenly new information and new input into the process uh, gives him a different kind of a view. And I think that's the right kind of man we need 
in Washington. Well, do you agree with his jurisdictional interpretation of holding a trial against an official who is no longer in office? No. But I, I was just going to say, I think this is kind of early in the program for for uh, Henry to start doing his pretzel impersonation, twisting himself into... Uh, <laughs> and and that, that, that McConnell uh, response was uh, was a great imitation of a pretzel, Henry. I'm telling you, man. That's, that's what it's done when I say You know, um, <clears throat> now this is where we get into trouble. I hold back on you. Please don't let the dogs off the leash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mayor, hey, look, please man, don't. Let me tell you, hey Henry, I came loaded for bear. Believe me, buddy. Uh, I've okay, but don't let the today. dog on the leash. Hey, hey Henry, Henry <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, be I've been very kind to you. I may have to be muted, buddy. And I can tell you, profanity won't be the worst. <laughs> profanity only is uh, only uh, when a person is intimidated uh, by another does he offer your kind uh, of position. You're right. You're, you're right. Continue with the press, Henry. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's go. Let's move it. I'm I'm tired of this conversation. I think I think the point that that I that I was trying to to raise and and get comment on was um, Senator McConnell's pretzel by not holding the president liable um, with his vote you know, to, to try him or convict him, and yet at the same time hold him, holding him responsible verbally. So he's, he's saying to people who believe that, that Trump was guilty of at least stirring up an angry mob. Well, and then at the same time, at the same time, appeasing supporters of Donald Trump by voting essentially to acquit him. D didn't he use a phrase at the end after he said uh, Trump had done those things, he said he's not been found guilty yet, and that left the door open to possible legal action of various kinds that may well be more serious than the impeachment, as far as Trump is concerned, at least. Mr. Uh, Mitch McConnell is... Um a master uh, political strategist, That's uh, true. an inside guy. And I, I absolutely agree with what you he He wants both to be able to do both things. He wants to be able to placate those out there who, before their eyes, this is the world, know that Donald Trump was guilty uh, and it was proven of the charges uh, that were levied uh, against him. But Mitch also knows that he's the leader of the, uh, the, the party in the Senate and a national leader. And so he has to play to the Trump base. So, I mean, you know, I, I knew what he was doing. He, he did not want to come down. Now, do any of us believe that Mitch McConnell, in his heart of hearts, forget all of this other contortion stuff. Do any of us believe that Mitch uh, would would just hug Trump politically and say, hey, this is my guy. If, you know, I want to die on the hill with this guy. If there's anybody out there that I want as an ally, it's Donald Trump. Does any, any of us <laughs> believe that Mitch has <laughs> a feeling? 
I, I don't think no, so. I, I, I think he'd like to, to de-Trumpify the Republican Party. You, you know, that, there you that go. Seemed like that's, a, that's the direction he was going, I think. I think so. Well, I'm going to try and squeeze in one more quote that's related. Um, and I, I don't expect anybody to guess who said this, but I know that people are feeling a lot of angst and believe that maybe if we had a witness, the senators would have done uh, what we wanted. But... Listen, we didn't need more witnesses. We needed more senators with spines. That's the uh, delegate from the Virgin Islands, Plaquette. That is amazing, Wood. I I wouldn't have bet that anybody would have guessed who that was. You're absolutely right. Stacy Plaskett. I'm not sure how how you pronounce her last name, but she represents the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands at-large congressional district and served as one of nine impeachment managers. She made the comment to CNN's Jake Tapper on State of the Union the day after former President Donald Trump was acquitted by 57 to 43. What do you think? Um, Would witnesses have made a difference, and and what if uh, they had voted privately? I think the whether witnesses would have made much difference, I don't know. Um, it would have dragged it out longer, and that might have interfered with uh, with Biden's other agenda. Everybody still there? Yeah. Yeah, but both oh, okay. sides have Go ahead, Henry. Like, like the phone. Okay. Both sides have witnesses. So one witness isn't any more um, godlike than another. Yeah, when 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 they suggested that, that was it Saturday morning, I think, and then they were talking about, well, we have one, and then, oh no, we're going to bring in a hundred witnesses. At that point, I figured that was, this is going nowhere because nobody wanted to drag this out for for weeks down the road. I don't think certainly Democrats didn't. In, in in light of Biden's other agenda items, the outcome was pretty clear. I think from from day one. So, uh, as I say, I don't know that they wanted to drag that out. But but some of the some of the testimony from a few of the potential witnesses certainly sounded intriguing. Well, where my eyes got glassy is when they introduced the procedure that in order to have witnesses, each one would had to have been uh, uh, made permissible by a full vote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So they had to take a full vote every time they introduced a witness. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well... (laughs) If there was ever a procedure designed to make people decide, never mind, we won't have witnesses, that, <laughs> right. that yeah. was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to believe that the, the uh, issue of witnesses or not witnesses was sort of like having, you know, this big... Um, uh, swamp in front of you and say, okay, let's see who can uh, get to the other side first. I, I just don't think that, you know, it, it was tr- strategically that it was going to be one of those that was going to work out. It sounded intriguing. It really did. Because I don't think on the other side, uh, the Republicans had witnesses that really could shore up their uh, position. The Democrats did. Well, and it didn't seem clear that witnesses, however compelling, would have um, swayed any uh, any differences. The votes were pretty much carved in stone. Yeah, yeah. We got to take a break here, but we'll come back and uh, have more armchair politics right after this. Everybody's doing. 
it on a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get Tom through it. Summer. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. And welcome back to Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, uh, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Woodrow Stanley. Um, We'll ease up a little bit. We started out uh, with some fairly contentious uh, stuff during the quotes, but uh, let's bring it a little closer to home and and, uh, maybe tamp things down a little bit. A 44-year-old Flint man has been arraigned and released on bond on charges of aggravated stalking and being a habitual offender in relation to threatening telephone calls made to Flint City Councilman Maurice Davis. Uh, Kwaman King appeared Friday before Genesee District Court Magistrate Cora Gregory telling her he would not attempt to contact Davis, who represents the city's second ward. I never met the victims, but I didn't plan on doing anything to them, King told Gregory Friday. King, a lifelong resident of Genesee County, was to be released on a personal recognizance bond Friday. and is scheduled to appear before District Judge Mark McCabe on uh, February 25th. Should people be held accountable for threats? Yes. You know, with with this case, I I wonder, did anybody ever discover what what the motive was with this guy? I I, I never heard it from the stories I saw. Among African Americans, you don't have to have a, a motive. (laughs) <laughs> uh, not but, quite sure what to make of that, Henry. But according, yeah. well, you can wow. let it be. But uh, wow. that's what I said, and I don't take wow. it back. Wow! Is this the guy that belongs to the party that just yes, tried to that just tried to burn down the Capitol and assassinate the <laughs> vice president? And, Boy, I mean, you yes. know, would you really did a, come loaded for bear today? I can't. I can't believe. But I can't, hey, Henry. Uh, you know, you want me to take you down to the Vets Club and uh, have a few of the folks uh, get by yeah, you a couple you of rounds? I'm sure yeah, that, this is what you do. Those, you sure divide people comments. racially sure like you did comments, for General you know, Motors really, Corporation. Uh, you told the people in the city of Flint not to cross the river. He divided them racially, and he drove yeah. General Motors out of the city. He did, did nothing to support. What? General Motors okay. Corporation. I was there. I represented General Motors, remember? And please go on to the next one. Whoa, 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 want... whoa. Well, let me... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, please go I on. Believe, I can't believe... I told uh, you I thought, don't open up the can of worms, Woodrow. I'm not going to go with this. I'm not going to respond. But I can't believe somebody... These white supremacists have finally gotten to this end. Well, well okay, I, uh, let me just. I feel I feel safe when I come home to the Ku Klux Klan and the white yeah, supremacy. Well, you you better uh, you better stay uh, uh, away from certain other places if you keep. Yeah, talking I, I know. Stay stuff. away from Woodrow and his cronies. 
<laughs> wow. It sounds sounds Gee, like wow. sounds like Henry's loaded for bear today too. Yeah. I, in I'm fact, sorry, I, I didn't want to talk about like it because I think that I see. I have to have black friends uh, up here. You cannot go out and encourage people to vote Republican if you're not engaged with the community. And uh, I have no problem with that. When I go to Woodrow's church, he accuses me of working his crowd. You know, and, 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 and I know practically everybody in the church. You know, it's well, let me, let uh, me just sad. Let me just interject. Uh, Thank you. The answer, That's all I won't say anything else. The an- no, the you answer should. to something that, that Henry raised about... Uh, well, I guess it was uh, Paul who raised the issue of what the motive was. And according to reports, the threats began after some council uh, debate over public safety funding. And there was some hint that it had something to do with Maurice Davis's uh, support of Donald Trump. Uh- which he yeah, did, no, yeah, which I he did there, very publicly. Yeah. I was yeah, there. Yeah. Yes, I did. And I talked to Maurice. And uh, <clears throat> I told him I would support him in any way he wanted to. Uh, I know that many people who come to the Republican Party are warmed over Democrats. They're not like my kids born into a Republican family. The, the, the Republicans can, can offer a Democrat any amount of money. And he would transfer over. That's how we get. That's how we get our black Republicans. They don't rise up from the bottom like kids. You you have to pay them. Well, I'm going to move on to COVID nineteen and see if that. <laughs> see, see, you guys uh, think about that. Uh, I'm not thinking about it, Henry. I, 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 you're saying black Republicans are there because they're paid. Yes, and those powerful positions they offer them. Yeah positions that uh, they can't afford to to uh, resist well that that leads down a whole uh, to down the road to a whole debate about republicans and money and politics and yeah all of that and and uh, let's let's move on genesee county and oh. bishop airport officials Please. are making are making plans to create large-scale drive-through COVID-19 vaccination clinics at the airport as quickly as additional vaccine doses can be secured. The County Board of Commissioners could give a memorandum of agreement laying the groundwork for the clinic's preliminary approval during a committee meeting today. The memorandum of agreement commissioners are set to consider today says using Bishop as a clinic site has a number of advantages, including that residents trust their local airport, are uh, familiar with, uh, let's see, uh, I lost my place. Um, they're, uh, they feel the clinic is safe, has a number of advantages, uh, including the residents trust their local airport, are familiar with the Bishop personnel and operations, that it features an area that has an open uh, layout allowing for a large number of people to pass through it, in a reasonable amount of time and that it has sufficient parking and effective traffic management in place. But is Bishop Airport a good site to conduct vaccinations for all county residents? No. But, but you know, there might be some logic in that because if people are coming in with the virus, you want to stop them and 
vaccinate them as quickly as possible and isolate them from the rest of the community. Uh, it I mean, makes I sense. Know, there is a lot of open space there, and I assume that uh, air traffic is down because of the, the virus and all that, so maybe the space is available and parking is available. I, I'm presuming they're going to work through tents or people are going to go inside. I don't know what the logistics are going to be for that. Um, but there is a lot of space there, if nothing else. I could, when, I, when I saw the story, I thought it wasn't a terrible idea, depending on the details. As a short-term use, I think, hey, look, at this point, you're not trying to find a hundred percent kind of spot. If I, I think that there there seem to be some solid logistical reasons to to try it. Look, we're uh, we're at war, and and we're on the clock. So I think mm-hmm. give it a shot. You think it's the the uh, a good facility to to get a lot done in a fairly short time provided that the uh, vaccines are available? I think so. I, well, you know, yeah. I don't think that there would be the usual amount of um, wrangling with getting approvals and all of that. I think, you know, this could, is something that could uh, happen immediately. Okay, well, a Flint judge says he'll decide whether to disqualify himself from hearing a criminal case tied to the Flint water crisis because he's a potential victim of the alleged crime. Genesee District Court Judge William Crawford, a Flint resident, heard arguments Tuesday on a motion to take him off the case of former Flint Department of Public Works Director Howard Croft, who has been charged with two misdemeanor counts of willful neglect of duty for his role in the water crisis. Crawford said he expects to rule on that motion uh, brought by attorneys for Croft within the next seven days, but said he doesn't believe he's biased against Croft because of his first-hand knowledge of Flint's water problems and Croft's alleged role in creating them or allowing them to fester. Is there at least uh, an appearance of conflict of interest? Hmm. Well, when I saw this story, I wondered, would, would that disqualify anybody in, Genes- in, in Flint from... Uh, from judging the case, because I mean, technically, you could say everybody in Flint could be a victim or a beneficiary of the of the uh, the, pro- the program. Um, well, if they were um, in the same social group, and and they probably have been seen in the same social group, because uh, and the the judge is correct, uh, so there's there's no perception of of collusion between the two. I think it's a good idea. What did you think of um, the uh, prosecutor's uh, arguments in favor of Crawford staying on um, by pointing out that um, there are lots of cases where, uh, and he cited uh, tax fraud cases, for example, um, where judges don't disqualify themselves because they're taxpayers. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'd say if you did that, you you you, could, you couldn't have any trials within the city boundaries of Flint or right. or, or Michigan, for that matter, if there's a lawsuit revolving around an increase in taxes. So, I mean, it's such a minimal connection. Unless there is more to it, like as Henry suggests, if they were social friends, yeah, you got an issue. But if it's simply the fact that he's a tax potential taxpayer or potential beneficiary, I mean, everybody's in that category in some ways, I suppose. Cross real. Uh, problem 
was that he didn't understand that if you perform an action that hurts another individual physically or mentally or anything like that, you are guilty and the public will never forgive you. And in this case, it was water crisis, lead in the water and heavy metals and bacteria. And that lawsuit boiled down, and I believe that Croft was the chief of staff, not the chief of staff, but he headed up all of the engineering organization for the city of Flint with respect to yeah, the was, sewers. Yeah, he was the head of or oversaw uh, so public works. He didn't. He probably didn't realize that any time, time you make a uh, decision where people are hurt, the public will never forgive you. And he didn't take the extra precautions to protect his hiney. No, he didn't. In fact, uh, I, I think one of uh, the reasons that Croft has become higher profile in the, the uh, uh, various criminal charges were the number of times that he went out publicly saying that there was no problem. Yeah. Uh, he should have left that to his subordinates to say that, not he, because he sacrificed himself uh, for that. And he may not, and like uh, Dane Welling said, he wasn't really qualified. And, you know, not, and that's what I believe, too. He should have had more environmental training or something like that to, uh, to make sure that he doesn't make decisions that will hurt people. Well, and, and speaking of training, I've, I've been anxious this morning to ask Paul if he uh, watched the uh, city council training session Monday night, which I guess turned into a typical council meeting. I don't have any so, notes on it, but I saw something uh, on that yesterday or yeah, this morning. I saw just a few brief clips. I didn't, didn't, didn't get a chance to see much of it, but no, I... Uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, I, I had my, my usual reaction when I saw that, well, here's the training session on civility, and it turned into an uncivil kind of a meeting. Uh, so. uh, is the Flint City Council teachable? Is it teachable? Is it teachable? To become, to become is civil it, and more... Is it teachable? Uh, <laughs> you're asking me? I'm asking all of you. Yeah, um, I, there are a lot of people who want to make it about Eric Mays and Monica Galloway, but, but they're not the only yeah. ones who contribute yeah. to this, uh, um, you know, to the to the fights and the the uh, dragging out the meetings and and. Well, you know, you know, I think I think one danger is that that the, once you start on in an uncivil manner with. A, personal attacks and all that, the temptation is for everybody else to join in the fray. Yes, I agree with before that. Before you know what you've got a brawl going. I mean, it's, you, you can point to one or two people, but I mean, the fact is, once the atmosphere has changed, it becomes the, uh, as I say, it becomes a brawl in the middle of the uh, the infield. Well, and you know, and, and I believe that the people need to elect people to the city council who don't who don't necessarily want to be the first and the biggest and the baddest. And, uh, and they neglect the group process, which allows this whole platform to rise. And that is not happening in Flint. They're at each other's throat to be the very best. 
the number one. They're like basketball players, and you and, and but yet they are more stable than you have in people who run for public office. They have learned the game. They have learned to respect each other. They have learned to elevate the platform. Well, apparently the uh, the trainers have a um, second meeting schedule. They were going to do this in in two parts. Uh, I guess they're getting together March 1st. Um, Wood, are you still with us? Uh, yes. And, and by the way, I, um, before we uh, leave, I, there is something you have to give me about a minute or two that I, I absolutely have to respond to something. But but I don't need to do it right now. But it, it is absolutely critical that it be done because... Uh, but anyway, on the, on the, the issue... In regards to the city council, uh, having served eight and a half years there and and uh, didn't experience, um, I won't say any, but very little of what I see going on now. Uh, a lot of this has to do with a culture that has developed. And when a culture uh, takes place, it is not only what is in there, but it's also uh, what is projected out and those who want to be a part of it. Uh, And so uh, Paul made the point, this is not just about uh, Eric Mays. I know, hey, you know, uh, so I know that that there are things, Eric is a big player, absolutely, Uh, but there are others that are very much a part of it. And, And it is a culture that really doesn't uh, elevate, you know, the core mission of what the council was all about. I'm not, you know, I understand going through uh, training, but really, is it uh, a significant value? I'm not so sure that it is. Yeah, I wonder if the trainers, uh, I wonder what your thoughts are on this, if the if the trainers, after their experience uh, on March 1st after they've done two sessions with the Flint City Council if they want if they're going to want to go back and rewrite some manuals <laughs> yeah. I'm always struck by the fact that a lot of folks think that you know if you learn parliamentary procedure that'll solve everything but the fact is if you have the attitude that you're going to disrupt things parliamentary procedure isn't going to do it just because there are rules printed on a, on a in a book someplace you got to be willing to there follow there you go you got it you know, for some, you know, the the whole uh, point of having a um, a good handle on par- parliamentary procedure means that I have a hammer uh, that I can club my colleagues with uh, because <laughs> I know parliamentary procedures and and they may not be uh, as uh, nimble. So, and you see that. Well, you know. Uh State Senator uh, Ken Horn was on the show earlier this morning, a uh, Republican from Frankenmuth, and we were talking about, uh, you know, this, this whole notion of division, whether it's over the election or the impeachment or whether to wear masks or not wear masks or the Flint City Council, and not just elected officials, but among the general public, too. There seems to be this, um, this, this idea that... Uh, I'm right, and if you don't agree with me, you're a moron kind of attitude. And I was asking Ken, who's always very moderate about 
the way he reacts to things and how he interacts with people. How, how we get not just elected officials, but John Q. Public involved in tamping down the, the rhetoric. I mean, it's one thing to disagree, but to be disagreeable about it doesn't seem really appropriate. And his response was that they should listen to my show more. <laughs> I heard that. You know, yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 think there's, I think there's some truth in that. I, I think to some degree a lot of cause for the division we see now is what, what you've called, Tom, now rant radio. It's been there for 20 years or more. And it, it generates an audience and all of that. I understand, but when you take a look at the Rush Limbaugh programs and all the the imitations of that, the 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 more you yell and the angrier you get, the the, the more audience you, you you generate, unfortunately. And and I think I think that that and then when that that whole attitude moved over to social media, then that just intensified that division even more. So I think Ken Horn is one of the uh, truest elected. Uh, members of uh, government that I know. I, and I he's agree with level. that, Henry. I, he, you know, yeah, I may he's not... got a great temperament. He can influence Democrats, blacks, whites, anybody. But he has, he's a good listener, and he thinks with a, a intent to do justice for the right reasons. He's a great man. I may not always agree with his positions, but I always agree with his way of trying to share those positions. It's never, it's never hateful. It's never at anyone else's yeah. expense. In fact, when I talked to him this morning, he, he uh, um, well, it was actually yesterday afternoon, he had just come in from... Uh, shoveling uh, the walks of four of his neighbors. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of no, public I, servant the guy He is. missed one. He missed mine. <laughs> <laughs> mine, too. No, I find it very deep. I was on a panel discussion with him somewhere around here on some issue in the, a few years ago and found him to be a very, very decent, civil kind of guy to work with. It, it, that's true. He's, he's a, a, a very decent, my, my, you know, disagree as you might, he was a very decent individual. I've always thought that about him. Uh, did you hear the breaking news that he inadvertently shared this morning, Paul? I don't, no, I'm not sure I heard that. No, I don't think so. I heard only the last part of the program. He didn't say in so many words, but it uh, sounded like at the end of his term he was retiring. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, that I did hear. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, I was a bit surprised at that. I, yes, yeah, he's term limited, of course, but still under. I was surprised to hear that. No, but, but he it, would probably go to the Mackinac Center or the Cato Institute or you think uh, so? some of the other great public policy areas because he's so well, so skilled and so well liked, and, and has something to offer those. Well, I, I hope he. Oh, you make good public policy. I, I hope he continues to um, uh, at least advise in some capacity. Yeah. Be, because he is um, so reasonable. He's got a real issue with uh, Governor Whitmer right now over restaurants, um, which he has kind of a personal um, connection to, having owned and run bars and restaurants and stuff in his professional life. But um, 
but I but I don't think it's it's inappropriate to have that position and and to try to pursue that position. It's you know the people that that want to burn down the Capitol, whether it's in Lansing or Washington. Anyway, we have to take another uh, another break here, but uh, we'll come back and we'll we'll move the conversation to Lansing when we return with more armchair politics with uh, Woodrow Stanley joining our roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. We'll let our broadcast partners at 92.1 FM squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages. Hello there, well. citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources.
The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner program.com. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Today, Woodrow Stanley joins our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, yes, sir. An audit of more than 18,000 random ballots confirms Michigan's election results were accurate, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson said Friday in a news release. Clerks from 1,300 municipalities across Michigan hand-counted ballots for the audit. The results from the audit statewide and in Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb counties were within one percentage point of the November totals. In the sample, 50% of the votes were for Joe Biden and 48% were for Donald Trump. The November count was 50.62% of votes for Biden and 47.84% of votes for Trump. Uh, the audit process started January 11th and was just completed. State law doesn't allow audits to take place until after the election is certified, but Benson is pushing for changes that would require a risk-limiting audit prior to certification. Should an audit be done prior to certification? I don't understand why it's not why it's done the way it is. First of all, I got to understand why it's done the way it is after. The election certification of the election. I don't understand. Well, I don't think we've got to have some basis to make this judgment. I don't think audits are automatic. I I think they're they're done, uh, you know, after the fact when there are people who, regardless of the certification, think that there was something not quite right about it, and then an audit is done. Let me, let me ask a question. How is an audit different than a, than a recount? What, what I mean, mechanically, in terms of the... An audit is certifiable. It's certifiable. But, but exactly what happens in an audit compared to a recount? Well, I, I think in an audit, um, there's... Um, it, it's more of a random sampling, whereas okay. a, a recount is everything. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I've heard that. Now no, I'm yeah. I'm speculating. Yeah. I don't know that first. I, I think I now that you say that, I think I did read that somewhere. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't an audit and and believe me, I I don't have a a, a close association with uh, an audit, but it, it would seem to me that an audit not only would include the actual count, which is recount is basically the count, but audit could could be procedural. And, and some other issues as well. But just on the, the question that you raised about, you know, the audit, uh, when, it, when it's done, it, it would seem to me that, that it should be done before certification. 
you know, that when you get to certifying, that should be it. I mean, you know, what? <laughs> uh, well, this. I I agree, but uh, w- w- you declare that everything that you entered into that document is the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. if it's not the truth, you get found out. So uh, we have to put people in place that can tell the truth and know the truth when they see it. Well, it, it just seems if, the way they are. if um, you know, a, a risk-limiting audit, you know, can be done, as uh, Secretary Benson is, is suggesting, um, it, it, if it was done before the certification, it seems like those certifying the election could do so with more confidence. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, when when she said that uh, that Democrats won the state of Michigan by thirty two thousand three hundred some other votes, I believe that. You know, I, I'm I'm not going to contest that, but I know that people expect me to. But I'm not all political. I'm some academic, and uh, so. Uh, I think, but the the problem still remains that if there are incidents where people are uh, acting in a way that's uh, not credible and it's observed, then there lies the problem, and you have proof of it. You know, I think what happened this year, especially with all the division and all the controversy over the election, is every minor incident got blown up to be a big thing. If if one guy got caught cheating, all of a sudden it became a thousand people were cheating. Well, that's or, why. Yeah, that's why one what, ballot was mismarked. All of a sudden, a whole carload of ballots. That's right. That's why you should never start out cheating. Well, yeah, people find out that that Paul Rosicki's yeah. got a box full of Dewey ballots in the trunk of his <laughs> car, and. Uh, and all of a sudden, the, the whole election is fraudulent. No, I, I, and one of the problems is this idea of, of stealing an election. When I hear that phrase, I hear something, you know, very different than, than what a lot of people think. And they become inflamed by this idea that yeah. somehow their vote was uh, uh, maligned in some way. I think elections are stolen all the time. I think they're stolen when... Uh, a campaign leaks uh, scandalous material about an opponent, and he falls in the polls. And next thing you know, the the people that did the leaking, you know, win the day. Sure, yeah, the October uh, surprise kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. when well, when uh, you know when big money comes into it. Yeah, there are upsets, and it isn't always about the money, but it's about the money a lot. And I think a lot of uh, you know uh, elections, if they weren't stolen, they were at least bought. I, I was, no, I've, uh, go ahead. I was going to say say that to that point, Tom. That really, when when certain folks' uh, ballots are tampered with, or, or allegedly are tampered with, it seemed seemed to me that we we uh, our nerves are really really frayed, and and we're we're really upset. But but I recall just you know, glancing back over the history of this country, that there were uh, a group of folks whose ballots were stolen with impunity for years, mm-hmm. legally. <laughs> and, and Yeah, prevented it, from it, even being... We had to pass well, federal legislation. And literacy tests and poll taxes and all that, yeah. 
Yeah, that didn't raise the level of ire and concern. So I, I mean, you know, I I agree with the basic point that no one's ballot should be tampered with in any way, shape, fashion, or form. I absolutely agree with that. But, but it shouldn't but, be. I get upset when it's one group of people as opposed to everyone. Now you know I and I'm trying to follow what Wood is saying. That was a time when it was used against all blacks categorically. It was a poll taxes in the South. And Democrats mm-hmm. and Republicans didn't make any difference. They were all in it together. But you got, we got to sort out the truth here. And that's what they did in the South. And it was legal. And they got supported by the general public and by legislation. Who's going to win against that? Blacks were the number one, so they'd have to shut up. Sit down. No, you know the line I've tossed out. This I, I, I'm guessing this this year's election was probably the most honest ever, because of all the double and triple checking and the auditing and everything else. And I've also argued if Democrats were cheating, we should have done a better job. I mean, we took the White House, but we at least on the down ballot. Things. Down ballot, we, we Democrats took a bit of a beating. You know, it was not a great year for Democrats, except for the White House, and we squeaked by in the Senate. But the lawsuits in the House lost a governorship. State houses uh, did not go do well for Democrats either. Right. <laughs> Good point. Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky, a Republican from Clark Lake, claimed in a radio interview Tuesday that dead people voted in Michigan's November election, but not enough to change Michigan's results. (laughs) Shirky made the comment in a Tuesday morning interview with Jackson Radio Station WKHM's uh, Greg O'Connor. It was one of his first interviews since the Hillsdale County Republican Party released a recording of a meeting with Shirky where he called the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol a hoax that was prearranged. In the Tuesday interview, Shirky said Trump lost Michigan by more than 150,000 votes, adding that he lost in part because many people split their ticket, voting for Biden and then for Republicans down the ballot. But Shirky said the election, which officials have said was the most secure in state history, was a little too loose. Is Senator Shirky beginning a very slow walk back of previous statements? Hmm. Like, like what, for example? What is he? Well, when he said that the uh, um, he he was one of the people who supported this notion that that the election was fraudulent. Yeah. Now he's saying, you know, he thinks there were some shenanigans, but not enough to make a difference in the election. And you know, and I agree with him. Um, and, What's wrong and, with that? And and I think that's true every election cycle. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I we made we talked about this many times on this show that uh, there there's cheating that goes on all the time. There's always someone willing to challenge the system. And uh, but it's not enough. Not all people cheat, and that's what gives the election process veracity in this country. I think that if if uh, when we talked about cheating in the state of Michigan, and I served with Mike in the House. Uh, but when, when, we, when we talk about cheating, if we would talk, if in fact, and I know mistakes are made, and I don't necessarily believe that everything that's called cheating is necessarily cheating. Uh, but yeah, sure, they, they, these are humans. But 
it seemed to me that when we talk about cheating, it always seems to, the word cheating and Detroit seem to be interchangeable. If we're, if we're talking about Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was gonna say, yeah. you, you can't just leave Chicago off the list, Wood. That's Number true. Not, but yeah. no, it, well, if we were talking about Illinois, it'd be the same thing. But, but if we're talking about Michigan, it's always if we're talking about cheating. I never hear, like for instance, you know, I think everything above the Mackinac is pure as the driven snow, apparently. Above the bridge, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's God's well, country. My, 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 my point is, is that I believe. Hi, I'm Alexander Zondrick. Don't touch the dial. We'll, we'll have to pick to this Tom up Sanders. on the other side. <laughs> sure. The Tom 